Hey out there to all people and rock collectors. This is Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. I'm Brandon, and with me is the guy who always keeps an extra corn cob in his bag just in case, Cortland. How are you doing, Cortland? I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing tight. Thanks for asking. Oh, you know what, man. I only ask you once a week, so this is all you get, but uh, <laughs> glad you're doing yeah? good. Yeah, well, I cherish it. Oh, man. So, you have a good week? I did, man. My weeks go by really quickly, though, so, you know. My apologies if I sound really tired. Brandon and I played a Dead by Daylight all night last night, so. Yeah, <sighs> that's what we do now. We record yeah. podcasts and play Dead by Daylight. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. So, Brandon, my son, he started riding the bus this week. Ooh. Yeah. So we have to get him up really early and, and you know, feed him and all that, you know, parent stuff. Yeah, but uh, he, lo- he likes it. He likes to he likes to get up and ride the bus. It's really funny, though, because the first day that he rode the bus, um, you know, we live in a little cul-de-sac thing, and, and he could hear the bus in the background. I, I, the background of the world. He could hear the <laughs> bus, like, on another subdivision, and then it would come, you know, to our house next. Yeah. And he stops, and he looks at me, and he goes... I can hear the bus sizzle, you know, like, because you can hear, like, the hydraulics of the bus when, it, like, the doors open, and it goes, yeah. you know, when it comes to a stop or whatever, and he's just like, I can hear the bus sizzle from here, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, ominous way to describe that. I know, right? Like, who's ever been like, I can hear it sizzling, you know, like, <laughs> the bus is sizzling towards us, father. <laughs> The sizzle grows ever near. <laughs> it was pretty great. I love kids. Yeah. Pretty, um, I love it. Riding the bus is exciting when you're a kid. It right? sucks I know. when you grow up. It does, right? Because they're like, I could be there by now. But no, I have to sit here and watch all these kids get up on the bus here. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like to waste my time, you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I get really upset. Like... If I know no, there's you're... something annoying that I have to do that I don't want to do and it's a huge waste of time, like, you know, going to, like, the social social security office or something, I'm just like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. Your weeks are flying by fast enough as it is. You don't have yeah. time to take the bus. Like, tick-tock, dying over here. two weeks later by the time you get there. Exactly. I ain't got life for this. My life is precious to me, okay? I don't have time to be wasting it on a bus or at a social security office or sitting at ready med or none of that stuff. No, I have a, we I don't do even have time, have time to, play video games, though. <laughs> to keep talking about this. You know, I don't know what else we like to do, though, Brandon. What do we like to do? We like to play Jackbox party games. It's pretty fun. We do. Stuff. It is yeah. very fun. Yeah. You like to you stream it and then you can play it on your cell phone. So I don't know. I'm just. I'm just nonchalantly inviting all of our listeners to play with us pretty much. <laughs> everybody can join in. Well, not everybody. I think there's a 10,000 audience limit, oh. so we might have to turn some of you away. Oh, yeah, right? In the very distant future when we have 10,000 listens per week. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, guys. What a great problem that would be to have. I know, right? Oh. Too many people want to play Jackbox. <laughs> but anyway, they're, they are a lot of fun, so... Consider joining us on the weekends. Yes, I don't know how else please. to promote it, but... We do it just about every weekend? Eh, we skipped a couple of them. Literally every week. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, but but a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to promote that. You can find us on... You can play it on Twitch with us. Yeah. Is this beginning going... Like, I know it's more interesting than the episode, but, like, <laughs> is it going too <laughs> far? 
Oh, no, it's perfect. Okay. But speaking of this episode, we should talk about it. We should talk about what? Attack of the Mutant. Goosebumps yeah. episode. Right. right, okay. Yeah, Season I guess we two, can talk about episode it. Episode two. It's been like Part a one. handful of minutes. Are you still going? <laughs> it's a long title. Um, R.L. Stein's Goosebumps' Attack of the Mutants, Part 1. Yeah, I guess I'm ready to talk about this one, I suppose. Okay, well, it sounds, Cortland, it sounds to me mm-hmm. like you thought this episode was super exciting. Uh, about that. Oh, no. I thought it was super not exciting. Super boring, if you will. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it is disappointing because this mm-hmm. episode is like Goosebumps's Ghastly Grinner. Yeah. It's similar in a lot of ways, and it tries, I think, to strike a similar tone in parts. But, man, this one sure isn't as iconic as that episode. Nah, this one is very boring, you guys. Like, I know we complain about the two-parters already, but this mm-hmm, one just mm-hmm. seemed like... Uh, it wasn't quite that fever swamp level of like, holy shit, when's this going to end? Um, but it was, um, it, it's kind of, you, you kind of just expect something to happen, right? So you're like, oh, well, next scene, something's definitely going to happen. And then it, um, it doesn't. And, and then the episode ends and you're like, oh, well, maybe something will happen in the next episode then, right? Because it has to, right? I mean, come on. It literally has to. But whether or not it, uh you know, makes up for this. I can't say. But uh, yeah, this episode is not not very exciting. I'd say there's two highlights mm-hmm. of this episode. And uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I mean, even with this one being really boring, I didn't hate it. It was pretty funny, a little bit silly. So I appreciated those moments, but it was just a lot of like nothing. A lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. No substance. That's fine. Well... Let's just talk about it then. All right, let's do it. So, we start right away with some comic book drawings in close-up. Mm-hmm. A bootleg-looking Batman is talking to some cockroach-looking superhero. He tells the roach guy, You're old, gazelle. You're over the hill. It's time to retire. Permanently. <laughs> and he tries to throw fake man over the side of the building. But... The cockroach reverses it and throws the villain over the edge instead. I think that's what happened, Cortland. I've had to watch the scene so many times to try to decipher these comic panels. And I think that's what happened. Um, maybe, I think. All right, that's what we're going with. Yeah, I don't know. The superheroes just like clung to the side like he's kind of Spider-Man, but he's definitely not Spider-Man. No, he's 100% not Spider-Man. So the superhero says, I've still got a few years left. Thanks for dropping by, mutant. Another victory over evil by the League of Good Guys. I appreciate your... your uh... <laughs> I appreciate your attempt to do an Adam West voice, because I'm, I'm like 99% Ouch. sure that was Adam West, right? It is 100% Adam West. Yeah, I thought so. So, right away, uh, yeah, the the superhero in this episode is voiced by Adam West. Pretty sweet. Um, I, I mean, spoilers, we don't see Adam West in this episode, so he better be in the second one. I'm not telling. <laughs> oh... I believe, rest in peace though, Adam West, right? 
Well, you're pretty sure he's passed away. Oh. Now. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, he died in 2017. All right. Well, rest in peace, Adam West. I know. What a unique you voice. You were a Goosebumps legend. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Um, amongst other things, but mostly Goosebumps. Yeah. That's what he's mostly known for. All right. So, continuing on, the good guy starts choking all of a sudden because the fake Batman is back. But now, he's turned into fake Venom with rows of sharp teeth and a giant tongue. Yeah. He wraps tentacles around the hero and says he'll try not to leave any squid marks. I don't get that. Mm, I think it's a play on skid marks. Yeah, but why does that matter? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he thinks that's funny or interesting or clever, but it's not. Oh, maybe he's going to, like, rip him off the building and then, like, dash him across the road or something? I don't know. You put way more thought into this than anyone involved in this episode. Well, my apologies. Okay, I didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brandon, we're pretty much done with this comic book section now. Do you like this comic book? Like, the drawing and stuff? How do you feel about it? Um, the drawings aren't terrible. They're clearly done by someone who's familiar with comic book style art, at the very least. Yeah. But uh, I think they're kind of ugly still. Same. I feel like it's done by somebody really quickly. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's done for a fake comic book in a TV episode. So it's not like top quality stuff. Yeah. I don't know. If I had that comic book, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be obsessed with it, but... Mm. No, nothing about it seems very good, but I don't know. We then fade out to the real world, where a boy is seen reading the comic on his bed. Yeah. His mom comes in and says that dad is home, and she doesn't think that dad'll like seeing him reading comics. Uh-oh. So we gotta discuss this mom a little bit. Um, okay. Mom is wearing a blue vest over a dress that looks like a giant tea cozy. With yeah. a flower on her breast pocket, which looks like it has to contain some kind of hidden camera or something. It is so large. Um, She kind of looks like she crochets, like, doilies all day, you know? Yeah, she's wearing a doily. <laughs> <laughs> she's and a she bit has frumpy. an Elaine hairstyle from Seinfeld. Yeah. And I just think, I think she looks fabulous. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, all of yeah. that to say she's... Fabulous. Well, I'll just re-edit out the part where I just called her frumpy. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty great. Um, yeah, she looks like she made that vest. Why does she have that flower on, though? I don't know. I don't know. It. I don't know. It's like it one is... of those comedically large flowers that uh, clowns use and they make you sniff it and then they squirt water in your face. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Like, it's a microphone. She's wearing a wire to get, hmm. you know... Some kind of information against her husband for the police or the mob. I don't know. I would go with the mob, yeah. There's something going on. The boy, whose name is Skipper, tells mom that the masked mutant just turned into a squid and has the galloping gazelle in a death grip. Mom leans in closer to take a look at the comic and says, Oh dear. Just let me finish it, okay? Yes, mom. Dad arrives home now looking like a 1960s NASA engineer, and takes oh one look God, at Skipper man. and sighs. This dad, wow. What oh, What did you think of this dad, Cortland? 
The, your um, answer is going to determine whether we're friends still or not. I thought he was pretty outrageous. Very unique. I don't think we've had a character quite like this guy before. Um, I kind of love him. <laughs> he's, he's kind of hilarious in a way. Okay. I don't know. I'll accept that. I love yeah. him. Yeah. I think he's the best part of this episode. I love mom and dad. I, I, I like the funny parts in this episode. Like, I like the interaction that the characters have. There's just really not enough of that. Yeah, you're you're right about that. There's a lot of just nothing time. There's a lot they of literally... looking at empty lots and being like, yes. hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of What's just that? looking at nothingness. Or what isn't that? Or looking around and being like, whoa, which goes on for way too long. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yes. We have to go we, through the interesting parts are. first. <laughs> so dad reprimands skipper for reading comic books without doing his homework and says that's why his grades are so poor because of all these comic books all the comic books did you notice that he has a really cool like poster of uh of wolverine in his room too i tried to get a look at what was going on in his room and i couldn't really make anything out so he has a wolverine poster huh yeah he's got it's like a pop-up wolverine poster like is that a different poster than what they had in My Hairiest Adventure? What was that? Was Venom, wasn't it? That was Venom. Okay. Yeah, this one is literally like in the corner of his room, and it's Wolverine, and it's kind of like a like a body size, you know, a, a human sized Wolverine. So this is in a universe that Marvel and DC definitely exist, and yeah. yet he's still reading fucking yeah. I mean, his dad Zell comics. His dad is fucking Clark Kent over here. So yeah, yes. Skipper defends his comic hobby, telling Dad that he doesn't just read them, he collects them. He pulls a comic from a pile and says, check out this shit. It's a Silver Swan number one. This is some primo stuff. You know how much it's worth? And again, Mom is sucked into this whole charade and asks, how much? And Dad says, that's not the point. You gotta pay attention to something else. Anything else. Skipper isn't paying attention, though, and is staring at his comics like a zombie. So Dad says, See? But Mom diffuses the situation by just randomly yelling, Dinner time! (laughs) Right, yeah. I like the comedic timing and stuff. Like, the dad, you know, Skipper's, like, sitting there staring at his comics or whatever, and the dad, like, turns around, and he's all like, And then he looks around at him and goes, See? Like, it's pretty good stuff. This dad, he's all like, why doesn't he do his homework? Honey, do you know why he doesn't do his homework? Why don't you do your homework? And it's really odd. Like, it's a... Oh, it's he, definitely a character we've never come across before. I don't know what he's really going for as a character. I think that it's like that 1950s, like, leave it to beaver dad. Yeah, but he's, like, way more manic than any yeah. of those, like, buttoned-up 50s dads. Well, my theory is that he is, like, a superhero in disguise. He's kind of that Clark Kent figure that's my theory about it um i don't know i like it it's something that we haven't seen yet before um it's funny yeah i can i can't really say leave it to be because i've literally i've never seen that show before but (laughs) um that's the vibe i'm getting is that like 40s 50s you know golden era father in a perfect family setting you know yeah they're going for that yeah he's the kind of guy that beats his wife on the side you know (laughs) For sure. Wholesome 50s dad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. The thought of dinner is enough to get Skipper out of bed, and he runs out of the room. 
Dad takes one last moment to bemoan how those blasted comic books are a bad influence, and then the parents leave the room. After they do, we close in on the comic book, and it's a picture of the masked mutant. It starts to push out of the pages, and I thought it actually looked pretty cool. I thought the same. So, with this effect, I think what they did was they, you know, had the the picture right there, and then they used nylon, and then they just had a guy's face push up from under the bed <laughs> to the yeah. The because that's like what they did for Nightmare on Elm Street, which um, looked really good then too, and then. Uh, you know, they updated it with a new version, and then they used all digital, and it looks like shit. But this is definitely a practical thing, and I think it looks really good, too. Yes, it looks, it still looks good, and it looks much better than if they had tried to do that CG warp that mm-hmm. all these shows try to do and fail. Yeah, I don't know, because this is so easy to do. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine that it would be cheaper to use digital effects, especially in this day, like in, in 1996 or so. In the mid-90s, they wanted to just because they could. Yeah, you're right. They, they, they were like, let's get the kids in. Let's get this looking real dope. They're going to be so interested. They're like, you saw Toy Story? Check out this shit. This guy's face <laughs> is going up. <laughs> you like Toy Story? You're going to love this, kids. <laughs> <sighs> if the, <only>. next, <laughs> the next day at school... Skipper shuffles his way over to his friend Wilson, sitting at a picnic table outside, and he tells him he's got to check out the newest issue of this comic, as it's the first time they show the headquarters of the Masked Mutant. Right. Wilson takes a half glance at it, but doesn't give a damn, like, at all. What an interesting friendship dynamic, right? Yeah, their friendship seems to kind of exist purely because they go to the same school. Yeah. Wilson asks which one the Masked Mutant is again. (laughs) Like he doesn't know. I mean, come on. This kid talks about it all the fucking time. He doesn't talk about anything else. Skipper can't believe this insult. He tells Wilson that the Masked Mutant is the most evil comic book character there is. But Wilson still Mm. doesn't care. No, I'm not caring really either. Interesting. (laughs) Come on, I'm kind of on Wilson's side. Wilson's the MVP here. Wilson pulls out a plain-looking rock and is like, Check out this bad boy. He invites Skipper to collect rocks, but old Skip acts like rock collecting is such a nerdy hobby and asks Wilson why he does it. Mm -hmm. Wilson tells him it's because there's always rocks around, so you don't have to go far to collect them. I gotta say, Brandon, this kid pulls out a rock, right? And it kind of looks like a chicken nugget. Uh, I feel like we talk about chicken nuggets a lot. I don't know. But it comes anyway, up a lot with us, man. Chicken nuggets. Freaking, yeah. Right. So this kid pulls out this chicken nugget looking rock and he holds it up and he's like, I love this rock. And, and Skipper's all like, why do you like that rock so much? And he's like, because it looks like a duck. And um, it was funny because when he pulled out the chicken nugget rock, I was like, that kind of looks like a duck. And then he was like, this looks like a duck. And I was like, oh, me and Wilson, we're in sync. I would be the oh Wilson, God. I feel, Brandon, in this situation. Like these kids should probably start a podcast. I would not listen to that. (laughs) No, but somebody would. (laughs) The two boys continue talking, and we get that patented Goosebumps first-person creeper camera as something in a purple comic book costume pushes aside some branches of a very tiny bush to see the boys. (laughs) Like, the bush is so not filled in. Anybody looking in that general (laughs) direction would be like, Hey, what's that fucking weirdo in the purple going on over what there? What is that giant man dressed in a latex suit <laughs> watching us? Yeah. 
watching not only us but all the other children <laughs> eating lunch and shit because they're all like there's a bunch of kids everywhere oh my god what the hell are they thinking that's absurd the two boys are sitting with their lunch and they both have tuna sandwiches oh my wilson's, this part was great wilson suggests that they trade and skipper is like what's the point wilson's yeah. answer is a shrug so they trade sandwiches yeah, I think that might have been my favorite part of the episode. I just it comes out of nowhere. It's just so silly. I like it. Yeah, it's a funny little character moment that in a book I feel like adds character, but in this episode I feel like wastes time. Oh yeah, they definitely need to waste that time, Brandon. R.L. Stein was like, make this a two-parter, and they're like, but sir, we don't have enough footage. And then he was like, film more. And they're like, all right, well, let's pan out the scene, make him try to trade sandwiches, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, did you include the tuna scene? <laughs> no, Mr. Stein. We didn't feel it co- contributed to the plot. Add the tuna. I wrote that for a reason, boys. The tuna is key. <laughs> I gotta say, Brandon, I forgot to mention this, but I'm a little bit disappointed that this episode doesn't feature my boy. Where's he at? <laughs> Yeah, for a two-parter. Come on. This is this is outrageous. What is this? Stay out of the basement? Okay. I need my R.L. Stein fix. If you're going to make me sit through a fucking boring-ass two-parter, Mr. Stein, I need you to be there with me. Yeah. It would have been so easy to get him in a comic book shop and be like, Hey, hey folks. <laughs> I write the Goosebumps books. Guess who it is? It's me, ya boy. <laughs> this is a story about a boy who loves comic books like me. Um... <laughs> Yeah, his presence is missed. Yeah, well, I miss his presence every single day. Not even, like, when I'm watching Goosebumps, just in general. (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Skipper notices some movement or something from the bushes, and he he stands up to look. Yeah, and he sees a fully grown man. That's what happened, right? Because he was behind, like, a nothing bush, so he's seen him for sure, right? He should. He tells Wilson that he feels like he's being watched. Wilson responds with, I still don't see anyone. Which is a weird thing to say, I think. Yeah. They just weren't say, talking about seeing somebody say before. say you don't see anyone. Yeah. This isn't an ongoing effort here. It's pretty something something that just happened, so... <laughs> Have you ever had the feeling that somebody's been watching you? Um, I always feel like somebody's watching me. <laughs> like you have no privacy? Yeah. Turned around and there's a giant man in a purple costume. <laughs> He's hiding behind like a, a a little like. He's holding a twig up in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiding behind one of your house plants or something. It cuts to later on where Skipper is on a bus driving down the street. The bus, Cortland, has an ad for the Goosebumps TV show on it. Yeah. And it says two thumbs up, and there's a hand on one side. Which is the hand from the Stay Out of the Basement book cover. And there's a mummy giving a thumbs up on the other. You're right. I thought they were both mummy thumbs, but you're right. Yeah, it is a Stay Out of the Basement hand. Pretty cool. I love it when when shows do those kind of funny things like that. So I enjoyed it. Yeah. You can uh, barely read Goosebumps, though. It's in this, like, purple that just kind of makes it look blocked together. Not sure what you were thinking, R.L. Stein, on this one, honestly. Yeah. Sorry, bad advertising. Now I'm never going to watch the Goosebumps TV show. I'm thinking about dropping it too, man. Some kind of masked mutant thing jumps onto the roof of the bus and laughs. Oh, God. 
Inside, Skipper is reading a comic, because of course he is. He's reading The Galloping Gazelle's Last Ride, Brandon. Oh my god. A young girl sitting behind Skipper suddenly recognizes the back of his head and asks, <laughs> Hey, do you go to Franklin? He does. We just saw him coming out of Franklin in the last scene. Yeah, weren't you even watching, random girl? <sighs> Skipper doesn't respond at first, and then is like, Huh? What? Oh, me? Huh? The girl sassily tells him I wasn't talking to the empty seat. She apologizes for interrupting his breeding, but introduces herself as Libby. She asks if he collects comic books, because she does too. What? The odds, right? Yeah. Skipper excitedly asks which ones she reads, and when Libby tells him that she collects High School Harry and Beanhead... Mm, classic comics. He makes the rookie mistake of being like, fucking you, that's garbage. I know, right? You got this little, this girl that's interested in you and your hobbies, like, you have a lot in common or whatever, and then yeah, you're just like, yeah. your, st- your stuff's stupid. That'd be like if you came up to me and was like, hey, do you like Mega Man? And I'd be like, no, fuck off, I hate you and Mega Man, get away from me, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, High School Harry and Beanhead sounds like an awesome comic book, I gotta say. High School Larry and Beanhead. Harry, you know, Portland. Good lord. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to know what it sounds like to me, Brandon? It sounds like she had a pack of bazooka bubblegum and she was reading the little comics that come in every piece of gum. I think it's an Archie and Jughead ripoff. Um, I've never read Archie and Jughead. Isn't that the comics that come from the bazooka bubblegum? I don't think so. I think that's Bazooka Joe. Oh yeah, just Bazooka Joe. Somebody out there in the world collects Bazooka Joe comic book or comics you know no that, doubt right? yeah mm-hmm. somebody has them all i don't really like bazooka bubblegum though now that we're talking about it i feel like it's way too hard to start to chew it you know i don't know what yeah, the hell why but it's like know. a now and later it's hard at first then it's soft and gooey and then it loses flavor oh yes very quickly libby says that she thinks that her beanhead comics are very well written and Skipper blasts her favorite thing some more. God, what is wrong with you, Skipper? No, stop it. That's a dumbass. She turns the tables on Skip and asks, What about you? You collect the superhero junk? Like that whack-ass masked mutant? Whoa. And Skipper isn't picking up on the tone of this conversation because he thinks that she's actually interested in hearing all about the masked mutant now. He says, Look at this artwork. Look at it. It's better than that dog shit high school Harry filth. <laughs> And he holds up a comic book page that is, quite frankly, Cortland, no high school Harry. Um, no, it's not. (laughs) Not even a little bit. It's actually not good at all, um, (laughs) if I'm being really honest. It looks kind of like it was painted with uh, watercolors, maybe, and it was done by somebody that is maybe in high school, maybe in, like, ninth grade art class or something like that, you know? Yeah, so I said earlier that I thought the pages were not too bad. And the ones of the characters are pretty decent, but this one, which highlights the headquarters that he's so obsessed with, right? um, no, it's not the best. Like, I appreciate that it looks like the book cover, though. You know, they did a good job with that, but it's just, I don't get it. Skipper starts to go into the lore of the comic books, which Libby clearly doesn't care about. As soon as she hears the name Galloping Gazelle, she's like, oh, fuck. Skipper tells her that this is serious business, Libby. 
the gazelle is at the end of his career, and he has to battle the mutant for the fate of the planet. What could possibly be dumb about that? Hmm. Okay. Um, wouldn't these comics be more gazelle-focused rather than mutant-focused? That's like, what I thought. You don't normally read comics about the supervillain, right? Like what, No. Besides maybe, like, Venom or something, right? I don't know. I don't know comics. I mean, anti-heroes get comics, but not supervillains for the most part. Right. Did you ever watch that uh, one show on Amazon? What's it called? Like, The Boys or whatever? No, I have not. I haven't either. Alright, well, fuck that conversation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Libby asks, a little worryingly, if all the boys at Franklin are like Skipper. He tells her, uh, right? <laughs> nah, I'm the coolest. Oh, that was pretty good. I like that. I would be concerned, too, though. Like, honestly, if I, if I, I would be like, oh, God. Is everybody like this fucking little shit? (laughs) Then immediately he notices that he missed his stop because he was explaining comic book backstory to a girl who couldn't care less. You know, cool guy shit. Yeah, definitely. Self-awareness and all that. Yep. (laughs) Skipper gets off the bus in a part of town he's not familiar with. Filled with abandoned looking warehouses and it's underneath an overpass. That's the exact same one from Be Careful What You Wish Is it Moss Avenue? It is. Oh my god. This part of town is hopping, Cortland. Guess guess all the fucking weirdos. So, um, why is he on like a not school bus? He's on like a public transportation giant ass bus. Why? That's how they do things in Canada, I guess. That doesn't make any sense. I gotta let you know too, Brandon. Um, Skipper's wearing like this salmonish orangish shirt, right? I have the same color of that shirt that I wear to work all the time. Do you? I do. Yeah. I only have a couple of different shirts that I wear to work. Uh, I have a a nice red one. I have one that looks exactly like Skipper's shirt. And then I have, like, a blue one and then a gray one. And I just interchange them because I'm not not buying more clothes here, folks. I don't, I don't, mm mm-mm. No, you've already got a Skipper shirt. Like, what else do you need? Nothing. If I could wear that Skipper shirt every single day, I would. But I don't because I'm not going to do laundry every day. (laughs) No, fuck that. It's the only thing worse than buying more shirts. Dude, do need to buy, like, more socks and stuff. So do I. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your comic-loving best friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to it all, we're so thankful for you spending some time with us. Are you looking to support our show and get instant access to a bunch of awesome content? Become a patron for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash private island. Just can't get enough of the show? I upload new episodes the moment I'm finished editing, up to two weeks early. We've got bonus episodes, stickers, shirts, and so much more. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Eddie, Tristan, Venice, Witch, and Sarah, the Silver Goth, Shane, Stephen, Preston, Matt, Kristen, Gerilyn, Evelyn, Aaron, and Brittany, the Golden Day Days, Angela, Faith, Sarah, and Shelly. The Platinum Bostics, Brian, Bryce, Farron, and Kathy. And the Diamond Zebo, Michael. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PRVT Island and at Private Island Presents. We create a bunch of content for you to enjoy, from handmade gifts and videos to memes every Friday. Wednesday nights, we watch full-length episodes live on Instagram, so check it out. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We always love seeing new reviews coming in. 
if you want to hang out with Brandon and myself live, we usually stream on Twitch after we record our show on Saturdays. So check us out at twitch.tv slash private island seat. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. I know this one's a little short and sweet, but thanks again for listening in, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye! Skipper turns a corner, and right there, in the middle of an otherwise empty lot, is a big purple Jetsons-looking building. Mm, We also look at a bunch of trash bags and shit everywhere. Yeah, it's a fucking Moss Avenue. Um, But yeah, he like walks around. He knows the way that he has to go because he's like, oh, I missed my stop. So the logical conclusion would be to walk, you know, the way the bus was coming from him, right? Like you'd walk back behind you. But this kid like looks around Moss Avenue, sees all the garbage and shit and stuff. And then looks off into the distance and gasps because there's a phallic looking building in front of him. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't sure if I was going to mention the phallicity <laughs> of yeah. this, this uh, building, but yeah. If, if I seen it, I would also gasp and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's going a big on? purple dong. It is, yeah. With a, like a little side dong on it too, it's weird. There's a lot of dongs on it, I think in it. Yeah, it's it's all dongs. <laughs> R.L. <laughs> Stein was like, make it more like a penis. <laughs> I love it. Skipper rubs his eyes and then runs up to the building excitedly. He looks through a window and inside is some purple Willy Wonka looking business. Oh my god, I love it. He says it's cool, but then I guess he loses his nerve because he turns around and runs the way that he came. Yeah, which doesn't seem like something you would do. No, especially considering the rest of this episode, he does the exact opposite of that all the time. Oh my god, spoilers for the next, like, 15 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as Skipper's gone, a man in a Walmart brand Batman costume pops up his head. Right. What the fuck? You do get to see him a little bit. Yeah, I guess, but it's not enough for me. Later on in his bedroom, Skipper is explaining to his friend Wilson how he saw the building from the comic book. Wilson paces a bit and says, Okay, who's the artist for the comic book? Skipper acts like this is common sense and says, Come on, it's Ernie Atwater. Everyone knows that. This dynamic with these kids is so weird to me. Why are they friends? I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I know we talked about this last time, but it's just more prevalent here. Like, Wilson does not care about Skipper's interests even a little bit. No, and Skipper also does not care about anything that Wilson cares about. Yeah, they're just like friends out of convenience or something. I don't really understand. Maybe they're just like the two kids at school that no one else wants to be friends with. So, by default, they have to be friends? Hmm. That does seem odd, because although Skipper is a pile of human garbage and i don't like him at all uh wilson seems pretty cool yeah do you wish that the main character of the story was wilson (laughs) uh hell yes (laughs) well wilson says obviously ernie atwater was just riding through this town one day and saw that building and thought Mm -hmm, it would make a mm -hmm. great dick headquarters for a villain (laughs) skipper doesn't want to believe this incredibly rational explanation though it's not really that rational Right. 
it's more rational than well it just came from the book true you know want to know what i don't like about this episode just gonna what? just put it out right here we don't get any explanation as to why this kid's favorite comic book villain is suddenly in the real world there is no inkling of an explanation anywhere the kid's just Not like this one no. this is this is it but he's real life i don't know yeah like you don't a comic book hero or villain doesn't just push his face against the comic book and get out. You know? It's not I want something a little more in depth than that. Well that's why they have a whole part two, Cortland, just to explain part one. Ugh. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if part two never mind. We'll we'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> like literally, we don't have that much. Well, let's take this back. Just in case okay. you were wondering. This is why Wilson collects rocks. <sighs> They're safer. Rocks aren't gonna push themselves away and, and you know, become a supervillain that the rocks are coming to life that jumps on your bus and laughs you know rocks aren't gonna do that guys dad knocks on the door now and tells wilson to go home wilson does but not before offering dad a rock which dad declines oh when he's gone dad claps his hands and says all right no more comic books time for homework Mm. We move on to a little later that night, where Skipper is under a sheet with a flashlight reading more Masked Mutant comics. Someone slowly creeps up and pulls the sheet off, and we see it's Dad, who says, Caught ya! <laughs> so, this kid, there's mm-hmm. only so many Masked Mutant comics you can read and have, right? Theoretically, it's a finite number, yes. So, like, people that are obsessed with comics, I just don't understand it if you're... Like, are you rereading the same comics over and over and over again? Because, like, things don't change. He says at some point that he read one of the comics, like, four times or something. So, yeah, he's just reading them over and over again. I'm not big into, like, reading material again. Um, I have pretty much to this day, like, never read a book more than once. You know, more than, like... You know, those children's books that I read to my son all the time or something. But, like, mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, I've never gone back to reread them. Um, I'm in the middle of uh, Wheel of Time, and I, I would love to finish them at some point. But I don't remember some things, and I refuse to reread <laughs> books that I've read already. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm with Is you. that the same for comics? Okay. Like, for movies, like, I can watch a movie over again. I, I can play same. an entire video game over again. I, I do it kind of regularly you know like rpgs and stuff like i'm fine with that but books books fuck that (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that's kind of weird now that you mention it like almost every other medium i'll listen to songs over and over again movies tv shows video games but books i I don't want i don't want to read them again at all same yeah like i have um a hardcover of stephen king's it at my desk at work and i brought that in because i wanted to like decorate my desk with things that represent me and i really love that book you know it was one of those ones i think i let you borrow it and you read it too and Mm -hmm. um i love that book and i would i feel like i would love to reread it but all the at the same time like i already know what's gonna happen and i I don't know i just can't do it (laughs) i don't know yeah books are one and done i'm just like i could be reading any other book but that's also not gonna happen because i haven't read a book since like 2014 so oh monster all right anyway skipper says i'm sorry dad i know i should be sleeping i just couldn't put this book down and dad notices that it was an algebra book that he was holding this makes dad the happiest man in the world he tells skipper that he was starting to worry about him but skipper is like i've got to get to sleep dad Dad says, 
Oh, yeah, you gotta get to sleep because you got that uh, early follow-up appointment with your orthodontist tomorrow morning. Yeah. Gotta be on the bus by 6.30. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Skipper, like a dumbass, he says, Even earlier, if I want to get to that headquarters, uh, I mean... Uh... Oh, my God. Skipper, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so dumb. Dad is like, what headquarters, huh? What expedition? But Skipper distracts him by asking Dad if he is good at algebra. He says, oh, golly, no. But I'm glad to see you're finding it interesting. Classic dad. The second dad is out of frame. He is flipping that algebra book open to reveal that there's actually a comic book hidden inside. Oh, what? Who thought that was a thing? I don't know. How, how dumb do you have to be <laughs> to think a kid is just sitting up at night reading algebra under the covers? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a thing that's ever happened. Nope. Uh, why would you read it under the covers if you're doing, like, schoolwork and stuff? That makes no sense. Yeah. <sighs> this episode. He's looking at the pictures of the headquarters, and he's saying, I've got to see this place again. You don't really, though. You don't have to. To their credit, Cortland, the picture he's looking at of the headquarters right now is a different one from the one earlier. You're right, it is. So that... they made multiple pages of that. They could have just showed the same one, and I would not have cared at all you know what else is interesting brandon the page it opens to to show everything none of the characters are talking this comic looks so boring like yeah. some of the panels are like half finished it is it is boring all right well oh, we've got yes. we've got all the characters of this show now Cortland. oh thank god let's i'm so excited <laughs> to meet them i'm excited to see what they're doing today and what they look like today you know well Let's start with Skipper himself, who's played by Dan Wari Smith. Okay. Dan, uh, he's got he's got some credits under his belt. Um, his most recent thing was in 2017. Some episodes of Anne with an E. I've heard yeah. of that. Hey, you know what? I gotta say, I, I kind of forgot to mention this. This kid kind of reminds me a little bit of Ricky from The Tale of the Bookish Babysitter, by the way. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Not a whole lot, guys. So, Dan had a role in The Long Kiss Goodnight. Have you ever seen that one? No. Have you? Yes. The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's an action movie starring Gina Davis and Samuel really? L. Jackson. Yes. What? What a combo. Gina I, Davis all, kicking ass. Wh what? No. Like, yes. I love Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, she's the a long, national treasure. Long... Oh, okay. It's from 1996. I have to look at this cover. Wow, it's uh, it's fucking Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Why? Why would the, anybody ever be like, we need these two in an action movie together? I don't know, but it oh my works. God, there's a still of them jumping out of a building. Holy shit, I have to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I want to see Gina Davis in an action role. Like, Beetlejuice was awesome, but she didn't jump out of a building with Samuel no, L. Jackson. She barely <laughs> shot anyone in that movie. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, that was incredible. That was the best part of this episode so far. Is we get to talk about Gina Davis. All right. Well, Dan has also been in Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castle. He played yeah, White right. Castle teenager. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? Because I haven't. Yeah, I have. God, you watch everything. I know. I've seen it You've all. You've seen man. the whole videography list of Gina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's got some Damn. classics. She does, though. The Fly, fantastic movie. 
Stuart Little. She was in Grey's Anatomy, too. Stuart Little? What? Wasn't she the mom in Stuart Little? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Look now. Skipper's friend Wilson is played by Adam Schofield and Adam Cortland. Uh-huh. Not been in so many things. Uh, well, he's got four credits. Okay. He was in Heartbreak High, one episode where he played Policeman 1. And it How came was out he playing the same a policeman? Year. I was just going to say, it came out the same year as this Goosebumps <laughs> episode. How could he be so a policeman? he was 11. Yeah, what the and fuck? And he played a policeman. Whatever. You know what? Maybe he, like, looked older at that point in the stage. I don't know. It's whatever. Next. <laughs> And then after that, 14 years later, he was in a TV show called Packed to the Rafters, where he played Neighbor. Nice. Okay, getting back into it. 2010. Yep. And that's it. And then 11 years later, we're somebody's talking about him on a podcast. Next! Next, we have Libby, who's played by Melissa Bathory. Now, Melissa has been in a little bit more things than... Mm. Not really, though. Then Wilson. That's not that many. And by that, I mean she has one more role. Okay, Uh, well, one of them is called Melissa Bathory Pearl. I don't think that should count. Okay. (laughs) Melissa Bathory made a video on her cell phone or something at home and put it on her IMDb page. So we're not going to count that. Oh, it's a music video. She sings, maybe. Interesting. Nice. Um, I sing too. I'm going to probably record it and put it on my IMDb page. Melissa was a caller in three episodes of the Magic School Bus. And that seems to be another reoccurring thing. Mm -hmm. And also she was in something called An Angel for Christmas. So that's her acting career. Good for you. Yeah. Next we have Mom, played by Meg Ruffman. Meg Ruffman. Meg has been in a decent amount of things. Mostly... She seems like she would be, yeah. Mostly older things. Uh, she played a teenage girl in Murder by Phone in 1982. Spooky. Click on She that. played Alice Lawson in a few miniseries of Anne of Green Gables. She looks like she would be in Anne of Green Gables, not gonna lie. I've heard the name, but I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it's some book series that is really... You know, like timeless or whatever. Okay, well that sounds boring. Uh, the most mm-hmm. recent thing that Mag has been in is something called Avocado Toast, the series from last year. Avocado Toast is an international sex comedy exploring the comforts and awkwardness of sex from age 25 to 69. A I get it. Odd break, okay. When it comes to millennials and baby boomers, these nuts haven't fallen so far from the family tree. You're trying too hard, Avocado Toast, the series. I thought you were going to tell me I was trying too hard when I just <laughs> read that. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Dad, who's played by Maurice Godin. Mm-hmm. And he's been in 69 different things. Nice. So, this includes such favorites as Rin Tin Tin, Canine Cop. Of course. Forever Night. Where he played David Constantine. Wow, that sounds like an important character. Yeah, one episode though. Mm. He was also in the Robocop TV series. Nice. Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. He would be in that. Well, he didn't play anybody important, but like he, he should have. He should have played like Bizarro Superman. Yeah. And also, he played Misha in an episode of Seinfeld. <gasps> 
I'm not sure if I recognize that one. I'm going to have to look it up. He was in Friends as well. He played Sid. In the one where Rachel has a baby. I mean, spoilers, I guess. Seems like he's been in a lot of sitcoms. Well, he's pretty funny, so I guess I could see that. Yeah. Modern Family, Spin City, Friends. All the hits. All the hits. Well, lastly for this episode, we have the Galloping Gazelle, voiced by Adam West. Yeah. I mean, Adam I feel like West Adam West doesn't really need an introduction is or anything. most known for playing Galloping Gazelle in an episode <laughs> of Goosebumps. That's where people know him from, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't really need to talk about Adam West. He's a, a no, legend. He, he's got a really unique voice, and I love that he, um, he really embraces that. Or he did, you know. Unfortunately, he's passed away now. But I just love, like, you know, he was in Family Guy playing himself, and he's got that voice, and he loves it. And I, I think everybody loves it, too. Now, I have something about the Adam West thing. <clears throat> I looked up this episode on the Goosebumps wiki, and here's what it has to say about Adam West's role. The episode is the only episode in the entire TV series to have a notable guest star, Adam West. I just think that that's really completely wrong. Yeah, me too. We got your boy, R.L. Stein, in multiple episodes. Yeah, fucking whatever. All right, with that, I think we can return to the episode. Okay. That was like half an hour of Gina Davis talk. Dude, I love Gina Davis, so stop. We're going to get into a Gina Davis time loop. I love her gums to teeth ratio. Okay, let's go. (laughs) The next morning, Skipper gets off the bus in the same warehouse district, but now there's no purple building. Oh, man. Well, that's the end of the episode, right? (laughs) Oh, you would love that. Skipper (laughs) is like, huh? And he pulls aside a sharply dressed old man. He points toward the empty lot and asks the old man if he's seen a building there. The old man is like, building? Where? Even though there's actually tons of buildings in that direction. There is. There's at least like three of them. Is this like the Stan Lee of this episode? I'm going to say no, because the show only has one notable guest star. (laughs) And it's our boy. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Skipper pulls out his comic book and tells the old man that it looks like this picture. The old man goes... Well, no wonder you're seeing things. These things will rot your brain. And Skipper runs away all confused. Cortland, did you notice that when he holds up the comic book to show the old man, the, like, fake cover that they're using is slipping a little bit, and you can see that they're holding a Punisher comic book. (gasps) I do see that. Wow. Pretty funny. The audacity. Interesting. Yeah, I do actually. I I have the episode open. I have it uh, stopped on that right now. I do see the Punisher, yeah. Now we're back at home, and some romantic music is playing as Mom lazily stirs a red sauce on the stove while reading a book titled Forbidden Fantasies. Wow. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So Mom's reading porn, and she moves to light a (laughs) candle to set the mood. But Skipper slams his way through the door and startles her. You want to know, Brandon? I'm going to stop you for a second here. Did you notice that that's kind of a theme in this episode a bit with the mom and dad? Because at one point, she tries to swoop into dad for like a smooch on the lips or whatever. But he like pulls away from her and runs away. And then she like glides away from him. No, I didn't. It's really like it's it's 
I don't know. It's, I feel like it's that, that 50s vibe thing again. Because, I don't know, like, 50s people, like, they, they used to, like, sleep in separate beds and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> At least on TV, yes. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Mom's all flustered, and she tells Skip that he has some mail. Skipper is a bit confused because he wasn't expecting any mail. She gives him a kiss on the head and tells him it says, Special Edition. He opens the mail to find a comic book. When he opens that, we see that he is stunned. We don't know what he's looking at, but he says, It can't be. It's not possible. Yeah, except he says it for like 30 full seconds. (laughs) It takes a while, yeah. And you think you're going to get to see what it is, but you don't. Uh... We transition to the next day at school. Skipper is showing Wilson the comic book and explaining how impossible it all is. Wilson's not buying whatever Skipper is selling. We finally see what all the hubba is about, and it shows a picture of the masked mutant saying that he made his headquarters invisible. How convenient that this gets sent to him. Skipper says that he's going back to investigate. Wilson doesn't want to go and says that there's got to be a logical explanation. So Skipper just leaves him and goes to check it out. (laughs) Cortland, that entire scene was pointless. Yeah, it was. Uh, very. It's probably the most filler scene so far, but that's okay. We, I mean, they have time to top it, right? They got time. No. No, they don't. <laughs> now we see Skipper getting off the bus in the usual spot for like the fifth time or something. And again, the building is not there. Suddenly, he's startled by someone yelling, Attack of the Mutants! from behind. It's that girl Libby from the bus. What is she doing off the bus here? Why is she doing this? Crazy Libby. Why are they on Moss Avenue? <laughs> Skipper points to the empty lot and says, Look, the building was there yesterday. Cortland. Yeah. The building was very much not there yesterday. It was not. You're That's right. the entire focus of the plot right now. Yes, this is essentially the third day of the episode so far. Right? Hell? Maybe the second. Maybe it's the second. Maybe it's. Maybe this is uh, the afternoon of him with his orthodontics appointment. I don't know. No, he's already been to bed like five different times. Yeah, mom's not going to be making spaghetti sauce at like six o'clock in the morning. Hell yeah, no. no, no. Libby's so stupid. Libby says that she's never seen the building. He gives a very judgmental, "You haven't," even though he just saw it for the first time like a couple of days ago. And also, he's the only one that's seen it. <laughs> yeah. Libby tells him that she knows why they call him Skipper now. When they handed out brains, you got skipped. Pretty good burn there, Libby. <laughs> I like that. I love that, that that burn was probably the entire reason that Arlstein named him Skipper. <laughs> yeah, no And it's worth it. You know, they probably name him Skipper to like kind of keep up that like 50s aesthetic with his family or something cuz leave it know. to Skipper. Yeah, pretty much. He points to the comic page, which shows the masked mutant putting the invisibility curtain over his tower and says, You gotta admit, this is weird. And she immediately tells him, You're weird. But, like, she's there. Of course she thinks it's weird. She doesn't know that there's a building there. You're literally the only one that has seen it. So, I I don't know. Yeah. He just seems like some fucking weirdo. She's right. But she's also stupid for, like, getting off the bus and following him, because she has no reason to do this at all. There's no motivation for her. I don't... I don't like it. That's stupid. All right. Moving on. (laughs) Skipper suggests they try to walk through the curtain. Libby sighs and says, 
Let's get this shit over with so we can have a normal conversation. But, like, why would she want to talk to him anyway? Why would anybody want to talk well, to him? Well, she clearly likes him or something. She got off of a bus into Moss Avenue for him, <laughs> so... I wouldn't go to Moss Avenue for anyone. Neither would I. They step forward a bit, and reality starts to shimmer and warp. They step through the curtain and gasp, and the building's there in all yep. its purple glory. Mm-hmm. Libby admits that Skipper was right, but wants to leave now. Skipper wants to go in and tells her to not even think about it. Just go in. Yeah. Moral of the story, do. Don't think. Just do it. Don't even Just think. Do it. Da, 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 da. They both do go in as ominous organ music plays. A light flashes and Skipper is blasted with, like, gamma <laughs> radiation or something. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, he just gets fucking zapped for some reason. It's pretty good. He just, like, walks in and he's like, and then he's done. <laughs> he goes home alone too and Marv, like, got, turns into a yes, skeleton the for same just thing. a split second. <laughs> He's like, what was that? <laughs> he asks Libby. <laughs> so stupid. Are you watching it now? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to send you a picture real quick. Oh, thank you. I was just, like, getting sad that I don't have the episode on me. Whew. So stupid. Skipper asks Libby what the fuck just happened, but she has no idea what he's even talking about. <laughs> she just... This kid just got, like, electrocuted for a split second. She doesn't even notice. She got blasted by a laser right next to her, and she's like, what? Huh? <laughs> oh my god, this episode... The kids start walking in place on what is obviously a green screen as the environment kind of moves around them. Libby mentions that she feels like she's standing in a giant box of crayons. Yeah. Which is a reference to the many giant columns that they have in this massive room. Yeah. Some of them are rainbow colored, so she's totally right. But I do love the green screen walk because they're like clearly walking in place. (laughs) The background just kind of moves around. Doesn't match up at all. It's, it's great. I love to see that. Libby says she knows what Skipper is thinking. That this place is the headquarters of the masked mutator. Which he corrects her in true comic book guy fashion. And, like, how does she know that he was thinking that? Was it because he's explicitly said that out loud like half a dozen times now? Yes. Good one, Libby. You're a genius. He tells her that there's only one way to find out the truth. And begins knocking on a door at the end of the hall. It opens automatically with a mechanical... Now they're in an elevator that looks like it was designed by Fisher-Price. Yes. Kind of the whole building at this point. Like, at the beginning, at the entrance, and on the outside, it's all purple. But once you go in, like, it's just rainbow colors everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. Libby chooses now to tell Skipper that it's really sad that he thinks a comic book character can come to life. But she she gets in the comic book character's elevator and says that if this mutant creep shows up, she's out of there. Well, now you're not. You're trapped in a fucking elevator, kids. <laughs> Skipper hits a button that says up, 
and then hits another one that says four. But they start going down instead for some reason, and really fast. Libby is yelling that they're going to crash as they go down floor after floor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just remember the kick and zap. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, I'm also just thinking of other things because the next, like, five minutes of this episode are boring as fuck. Mm-hmm, but we're almost done. Oh, thank God. They suddenly come to a complete stop with only minimal injuries. Libby sees Skipper holding his head and asks if something is wrong. And he yeah, tells he just her, got fucking blasted with radiation. <laughs> yeah. He's like bleeding out from all of his orifices. Yeah, he's got a fucking brain bleed going on. <laughs> all of his stomach acid is currently bubbling. Skipper tells her that he feels kind of funny. Kind of tingly. He shakes it off, though, and says he'll be all right. Libby notices that the door to the elevator hasn't opened yet and starts freaking out. I don't blame her. I would do the same. Skipper kind of leans forward and says, Open! (laughs) But that does nothing. (sighs) Libby starts screaming, We're trapped in here! We're trapped in here forever! The air will run out! We'll suffocate! Mm -hmm. And Skipper, with absolutely no qualifications at all, says, It's just slow. It'll open soon. Libby keeps panicking, but then at last, it does open. The two kids walk out of the elevator into a basement-looking area. And from, like, from now until the end of the episode, there's this just generic technology sounds that's just like, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. And it plays constantly. Skipper wants to explore, but Libby just wants to leave. He doesn't want to, but he finally agrees to go. They get back in the elevator, and he presses the button for the first floor, and nothing happens. So he presses all the rest of the buttons, and still nothing happens. He just pushes his face on the buttons and then rolls it across. (laughs) To no avail. Damn, I thought that was going to work. So now they have no choice but to find another way out. They leave the elevator, which closes behind them. They begin to walk through a hallway illuminated by brightly colored lights. Gorgeous. Skipper reaches the end of the hall and somehow manages to have lost Libby. <sighs> She's literally side by side with him. Yeah. And then they switch scene and he's like, Libby, where you go, girl? They're like, like holding hands pretty much. I, I don't, uh, I don't get it. Now we get some of that creeper cam back as Skipper calls out for her. He reaches a door and opens it to find a bright white room with a drawing desk in the middle. Yeah. On it is a row of rainbow-colored folders. Out of one of them falls a single sheet of paper. When he goes to investigate it, he finds a sketch for a masked mutant comic cover. He looks through some of the other folders and finds drawings for the League of Good Guys, too. He says aloud that this is where they must make the comic books. Now, Cortland. <laughs> mm, yes, Brandon. Now he opens <laughs> another folder... <laughs> And finds a picture of what looks like Danny DeVito as the penguin. Uh, I was going to say it looks like Bobby Hill. (laughs) And he says, it's me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my lord, Brandon. (laughs) In fucking credible. Wow. (laughs) The picture you have. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, 
You have got to see it. I'm going to post on an Instagram because, oh my yeah. fucking God, this kid's picture it's looks so bad. It's so bad. It's so terrible, dude. It is like the least flattering <laughs> rendition of anyone you could do. <laughs> but he immediately like recognizes chins? it. Oh my God. There's like three chins on this guy. He is like all torso. He's got long ass feet. I don't know what the hell this is. Who did this? Somebody was just being mean. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> it's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's it's incredible. So Skipper, of course, is curious why there are pictures of him down in this basement. And he notices that someone is breathing heavily behind him. He asks if it's Libby. <laughs> but we cut and see that it's the masked mutant. And it cuts back and forth between him screaming and the masked mutant. And Cortland. That's where yeah. we end this episode. To be oh. continued. When something finally fucking happens. Yes. That's fine. You know what? This episode gave us a lot, Brandon. We Did got it? the dad and mom. We got him getting fucking zapped by gamma radiation for a second. We got those really awkward pictures of him. We got some good stuff, I guess. The tuna sandwich switching stupid Bia, like... The episode sucked. I'm not going to lie. This might be my least favorite of the first part of a two-parter so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was some funny stuff in there. So that was good, at least. Cortland, what? I'm again on the Goosebumps wiki. Okay. Why are you there again? What happened? Because I was curious. They have a plot summary for the whole, mm. the whole book. And okay. what we've seen in this episode is summarized into three tiny paragraphs. I believe it. I I have uh, I have high hopes for the next episode, though. I'm gonna say. Where do you I think do. it's going from here? Well, I think that that Gamma Blast is gonna have something to do with it. I don't know. I think his dad's gonna end up being like the Golden Gazelle or whatever the fuck that thing was called, and. Uh, Ricky's going to get superpowers. Oh, what's his name? No, Skipper. Skipper. Skipper's going to get superpowers. And I think that the... I think Libby is going to be evil. Whoa. Yeah. That's, that's a thinking. that's a um, spicy call you got there. Yeah. I'm probably right. <laughs> well, you're either right that's, or you're wrong. Yeah, the 50-50. That's how the world works, right? You're either right or you're wrong. There's a 50-50 for everything in life. Well... That sounds like it will be more exciting than this episode. It better be. It better be. Or I'm going to have a word with Mr. Stein, and I'm going to say, Mr. Stein, you know that we do this podcast. Why are you making boring episodes? What is wrong with you? You know? (laughs) Gosh. You would not talk to R.L. Stein like that. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, hi, Mr. Stein. Uh, Huge fan here. Never read one of your books, but... (laughs) 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 That's a lie. I've read a couple of them. But we talk about you in the highest regard <laughs> would you like to be on our show and he would be like fuck no i don't got time for you and i'd be like oh my god it's an honor to be <laughs> yelled at by rl stein thank you yeah even rl stein hating us would be a big honor it would right i think that rl stein has his own podcast though not gonna lie really yeah um We're competing with rl stein we are his podcast is called uh Rainy Night Theater. No, wait, is it? I don't know. 
I'm hearing about it so for the first time. What would happen if you cracked open a dinosaur egg and the ancient yellow yolk poured into your skin? Well, that would be gross. Yuck. Yeah. All right. Good for him. Yeah. Well, we're not about promoting R.L. Stein here. He didn't pay us. <laughs> <laughs> he could, though. I'll take your money, R.L. Stein. Not gonna lie. But I'll do it. All right. Well, that's really it for part one of Attack of the Mutant. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got a lot to look forward to in part two. We do, yeah. But that's next week. That's next week's business. Yeah. I think we're going to call it. Well, we haven't done any morals yet. I did one, but that was just kind of a joke. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was going to save it for the end, but if you've got a good one, Corlin, no, do, I mean, you... oh, do we ahead. do we should we do like a moral for part 1? Or do you want to just save it? Like literally nothing happens. There's really no moral. No. If you, if you and your friend both have tuna sandwiches trade for fun, I don't know what the moral could possibly be. <laughs> Collect rocks. It's safer than collecting comics. All right. Those are good. Okay. Those are good. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've been up all night. Yeah, we have. We'll join together next time for Attack of the Mutant Part 2. Yeah. Join us. It'll join be fun. us and sure. not Arlstein's podcast. Okay. Well, wow. <laughs> they can listen Starting to both beef. <laughs> Arlstein, now he's going to look at us. He's probably going to sue us now. He's going to be like, I'm not your boy at all. I'm not even your boy. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right. I've had enough of this, Brandon. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's, <laughs> Attack of the Mutant. We're done. Yep. Let's go. Let's Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.